welcome. This is an awesome podcast. This yeah. is one of my favorite ones. <laughs> to the Jeff. It's a lot of whiskey, Jeff. Macalino. Jeff Macalino. 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 Podcast. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Got a good one for you today. And I don't want to talk about football or anything else. So I'm going to dive right in. Especially not football. Football's stupid. Um, Derek Carr got hurt. So that's why I'm saying that. I don't mean it, football gods, even though you've treated me like garbage my whole life, minus one season. Anyways, <laughs> Martin Tracy uh, joins me today. He's a big fan of the other kind of football, uh, as us Americans call it, soccer. Um, not that that's the theme of this episode, it's just a fun fact. Uh, <laughs> um I wasn't drinking while I interviewed Martin, but I have been drinking now. So, uh, Martin is an author who's published a lot of books um, and uh, some intriguing concepts and uh, conspiracy theories are woven in. So this was a fun chat. We talked not only about writing, but about the conspiracies. I probably go a little off the deep end at times, but you know, it's me. What do you expect? Um, I'm just out here trying to be, you know, Joe Rogan. Just if I made like a tenth of the money he makes for his podcast, I'd be set. So make sure you tell your friends to listen to this damn podcast, right? Like, why don't you want to help me? <laughs> Joe Rogan doesn't need you to listen. Just click my podcast. Martin is a fascinating man and a fascinating guest and a real fun time talking to him and frankly someone who i probably will ask to come back on the podcast because i feel like we only scratched the surface um but you know uh when i'm you know i i'm i try to make it a point to wrap up around 55 minutes to an hour and it just so happened we were at a great stopping point right around there. So I think our, our interview goes about 58 minutes. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly was lucky to catch the clock or we could have gone at least another half hour before I thought we might be close to time. So anywho, sit back, relax, enjoy, uh, back to back, uh, British guests on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> not perfect, not uh, well, just, coincidentally by the way there's no conspiracy here uh enjoy uh martin tracy and myself after a brief pause for a sponsor hey folks you know i talk about mental health on this podcast a lot uh with my own struggles uh, a lot of times i'll talk to guests about their struggles and uh that being said i uh, want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether that's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professional professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. As a bonus, you get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Macalino. That's BetterHelp.com slash M-A-C-O-L-I-N-O. All right, everybody. I am very pleased to welcome Martin Tracy to the Jeff Macalino podcast how are you, Martin? I'm good, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me along, Jeff. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. You can, you can enjoy the parade of, of craziness that is my life this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with your good good mug. I approve of your mug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh it's it's still in stir- service. The uh Steve is is his name. Steve, okay. And he was yeah. a unicorn once, is that correct? He was a unicorn once. Now he's kind of like a a horse with a bit of a uh, yeah. vestigial <laughs> horn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my 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 uh, Keurig is is only putting out like this much coffee at a time, which you know means I I've realized, or maybe I'm not supposed to do this, but I've realized you could use the same K cup a few times, and it, I mean, it just seems like the Keurig's not putting out a full cup. So okay. uh, maybe I'm giving myself cancer. I don't know. <laughs> that, that's probably happening no matter what i'm doing frankly um but yeah the the uh and i i told you before and i'm still trying to figure out why i in my bathroom there's a bottle of hydrogen peroxide i pulled out from yeah. under the sink and put it on the counter um uh, and they got away from me that's what <laughs> It's one of the more bizarre moves drunk Jeff has yeah. ever done. <laughs> one of life's mysteries. <laughs> yeah. Well, one one time it's I took over an hour. No, it was probably three hours of my day, and I was losing my mind, going, getting so angry because I couldn't find my remote control for my TV. Oh, okay. And uh, it was in my toaster. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Bizarre. I'm I'm thinking I just set it down there. I wasn't trying to eat it or anything i'm I'm assuming i just set it down there and but i don't know i'm like was i sending myself a message i'm i'm partially convinced that when i get super drunk somebody like also like somebody lives in the attic and they just sneak down and do weird shit and be like let's let's see how he likes this could be a poltergeist or something (laughs) yeah maybe maybe (laughs) i'll play i'll start blaming a ghost instead of drunk jeff for doing yeah yeah <laughs> these things oh that goes to i did i did once i have this wireless mouse i use for for my laptop because the the mouse pad on the laptop doesn't work and i did once have a morning where this was that and that's the that used to be the only mouse i had there was no backup plan so i literally could not use my computer and I spent hours and that time I was the real idiot because the mouse was sitting exactly where it is right now. Right. And I was downstairs looking for it because it, you know, that's where my computer was. I just left the mouse up here after recording a podcast. It took me hours to figure that out. So I think I, I think this is how people go and senile. I think this is how it starts. Yeah, could, could be. Well, <laughs> we, all, we all have moments, Jeff. We all have moments. <laughs> Golly, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be walking around like Joe Biden in a couple of months. <laughs> not sure where I am, who I am. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so Martin, let's let's talk about um, uh, how long have you been uh, writing? Yeah, so um, writing in terms of uh, novel writing, I guess is is the way to put it. Um, that's been about eleven years now, but writing overall a lot longer than that. Um, because I used to write songs and music before um, I turned my hand to bigger stuff, which is a novel is obviously bigger than a song, unless you do like, um, I guess, Hey Jude by the Beatles, which is eight minutes long, which is one of my favorite <laughs> songs, actually. Um, but yeah, so um, I've been writing uh, novels, it, it, you know, proper sort of pen to paper for books about 11 years, yeah. Can you hear my dog, by the way, barking in the background? Uh, faintly i couldn't e- i couldn't good, even good, tell good. if it was on your end or my end that's how no, it's my end. He's, honestly he's, he's 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 just uncontrollable but he's locked out so uh, apologies if you get as it was fine it's not too bad he just likes to be known on the podcast along with me so oh that's okay i've i've i, I think my voice attracts animals to it usually no, usually right. i get the cats crawling on, on yeah. top in front of the camera or Sometimes even one time it, it basically started attacking the microphone and it's like, <laughs> I guess she's like, oh, we're going to need to break and I'm going to need to put him away because this is just not going to work. I'm like, thank you. 
The cat always wants food or at any time they want. It's on their clock in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think the cat just wanted a, an IMDb credit for, for being on the show. I, I think that was that was the hidden motivation. <laughs> um so in your books, you dive into conspiracy theories quite a bit. Do amongst other things, I mean like um well, you probably can't tell by my accent. Um, it, I'm from Birmingham, UK, so you can probably tell it's a div it's a it's a bit of a strange accent, but that's where it derives from, Birmingham, UK. Um, back in the eighties, you'd have known a band probably UB40. They're probably the most famous people to come out of Birmingham, apart from me. And now there is a resurgence of the Peaky Blinders. I don't know if that's made its way over to America. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, yeah, going back to your question, yeah, there's there's I'm, I mishmash up a few different things in my books, and conspiracy theories is definitely one of them. Um, don't try and answer all the questions or definitively say that this conspiracy theory is right and I'll put my mast in the sand kind of thing, you know, and 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 swear and die by it. But I kind of like keep an open mind, think that these conspiracy theories could could be a thing, um, and sort of let play with that, maybe put um a plot around it and a story around it, and then let other people decide whether they're they're real or not but they are they are real conspiracy theories that i inject into my work um along with some supernatural stuff and i already spoke about music so my tagline is uh when i go and do signings things on my banner is dark fiction that strikes a chord uh because it is dark fiction bit of supernatural horror thrillers that kind of thing but strikes a chord because music's always involved i've always got to have music in there somewhere um nice. so that's kind of the mishmash way my brain works and my imagination works. It, it's um, I, I like your attitude with conspiracy theories that you just had of of you know you don't need to stick your mast in the sand and and you know it it to me they're just fun to hypothesize, yeah, and follow the trail kind of. It, it's like a brain exercise. I'm not. I don't think every conspiracy obviously every conspiracy theory is not accurate but it's fun to play them out to, yeah, right some some do have validity you know uh, oh you yeah know, i think by the same um by the same token you know um what we're told the day in day out with the spin by the spin doctors in mainstream mergers mainstream media shall i say um who's to say oh that's true <laughs> right uh, yeah, so, you know, it's kind of a circle, isn't it? If you get too extreme one side, too extreme another side, then they actually meet and they're actually, although they're doing different things and saying different things, they're actually on quite a similar wavelength. It's just about um, trying to plant something in the mind of people, I guess. Uh, which brings me to one conspiracy theory I've got, <laughs> which I think has been proven more than a conspiracy theory, to be honest. So my first book of um, the Judd Stone series, Mind Gorilla, that was around... Um, a lot of different things going on that and that again, serial killers and that. But um, I do explore this idea of programmed assassins. Uh, so I know that MK Ultra was a thing, um, and uh, you know people, uh, they they hear or see triggers, and then they shoot to kill. And afterwards, they can't understand why they did. But it, it, it's kind of they were brainwashed to do that. So that's kind of the concepts that uh, is within Mind Gorilla, just one of the. Uh, conspiracy theories the other ones are around doomsday cults um where i based one i found that there was one um although i use a fictional one it was based on certain doomsday cults that are real um where they said the world would end in 2012 for example which it didn't i mean there's people saying that it's uh it was meant to end on the 23rd september last week and clearly we're here talking jeff um <laughs> we, we missed the memo <laughs> Clearly, some conspiracy theories are, are well off the scale, uh, but some of them have a bit of validity, I think, you know, um, keep an open mind. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the the MK Ultra one is interesting. Um, I mean, they, they all are, again, to me, but that's just the way my brain works. But it it it, it seems, I don't know. It it seems certainly like that could be the case. I I'm I, I this is an American problem. I'll say you know, but I, 
I'm actually curious how much of this news gets to the UK is uh, we have a, a, a problem in our country that is terrible, but also sometimes the stories leave you saying, well, this seems odd. And, and it's this, it's mass shootings, but it's a lot of it that it, the more bothersome ones, not that they're not all bothersome, but are the school shootings. Mm, mm. And you know, there was one in Texas where there's a bunch of videos of the cops not responding and just barricading the shooter in the school to continue to shoot and kill children. Um, and I think they arrested a parent who ran in there and took her, got her kids. Um, it, it was bizarre uh, to, to see that. And that stokes the conspiracies of you know, them saying, well, this is all coordinated. They're trying to do this to promote gun control. Um, I And I don't buy that. I think it's disgruntled. I think it's a mental health problem. You know, I mm -hmm. think a disgruntled kid, kid never gets the gun legally, the kid who's doing the shooting. So, you know, that's where I'm like, I don't, I don't connect the dots because if someone broke the law to get the gun and then killed people that they, they don't seem to care about the rules and regulations around it, but yeah. it, it's, uh, you know, it's interesting, and uh, you know, you wonder if 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 there is some. I mean, there there are some dark, deep conspiracies around some of the shootings where it's like the FBI knew about this kid and didn't do anything. Like mm. this guy, yeah. this kid was reported many times, and they just let him go and shoot up the school. Uh, and and they could have stopped it if they wanted to. They never intervened, and and that's where it's like, well is everything uh it, it's a depressing thing as a parent uh, of being like are they not are they trying to just do this to to piss us off or or it, and you hope there's no more sinister aspect to it but at the same time part of you is like well i, I not that i hope there's a sinister aspect to it but it's like at least that would explain it <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah, if there's been no intervention, I mean, I'm speaking from the UK, obviously, but and we do get the reports on the news when they happen. Um, obviously, our gun laws are very different to the states, and um, you know that that's probably why we we actually get them as headline stories because it's so it's not totally because we've had things happening in Britain, um, mm -hmm. etc. You know, um, including school shootings actually, but. Um, you know, it, it's 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 not so readily easy to get a gun, for example, in, in right. the U. Um, but I guess I guess when you come to look at conspiracy theories and things, and and um, it, whatever that theory is, I suppose you've always got to ask yourself the question: Well, if it if it's a conspiracy theory, it, it it's it's the only reason it would ever be valid, whether they are or not, which are always up for debate, is um, who benefits. Someone would have to benefit from it, wouldn't they? Otherwise, mm -hmm. someone doesn't benefit from that theory, then then it's 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 it hasn't really got any validity that theory because what what's what's the point of it? There's no need. So um, as soon as people start potentially benefiting from a theory, then then you can start to think a little bit more deeply around. Okay, so if someone can benefit from things going that way, uh, and then you can like obviously explore the uh, dialogue around it all. But um, as I say, it's uh, <laughs> who knows who who really knows. <laughs> yeah, it, it's I I think uh, the part that gets me the most with that specifically is, and I, I guess it's not like this everywhere in the country. I'm just thinking of my own city. <clears throat> so again, I'm talking to you, not even in this country, about not only my country but my my city. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that being said, it's like well, I know we have enough police force to run speed traps all over the place all mm. the time. And I think, I don't know, I'm call me crazy, but I think maybe if you take those three cops and put them at every, you know, put three cops in every school patrolling the school, I don't think you're going to get a school shooting. And if you do, it's going to be put down quick. Um, but instead they care more about, you know, pulling people over going 50 and a 40, you, mm. you know, it's like, I, you can't tell me we don't have the resources to stop it. We do. We choose not to. Mm, okay. Hey, that that's kind of my thing. And it's like, 
and who, the only people who benefit, I think, are the the gun control advocates who want to disarm the population and make them rely upon the government for protection. And it's a whole, you mm. know, a, the the United States is is such a such a jacked up country <laughs> as far as like, I mean, and I'm sure every I'm sure every place is in fairness. Um, but yeah, like you know, some of the stuff it's like man we've we've done some a lot of bad shit and since the united states generally wins at least in our history books we are <laughs> considered the great you know it's like we won this war we won this war it's like uh was that war maybe something to brag about like we caused that war by to, installing a leader that then went to war with us because mm -hmm. <laughs> It's it's like oh they, we, we we the United States has a long history of propping up the leaders of the war that they're going to fight in twenty years. Okay. okay, it's a yeah, especially in the Middle East. Like it was like oh boy, Osama bin Laden. We used him to fight against the USSR back in the day, and now he's knocking down our buildings because we we won't get it, our troops out of his holy land. Uh you know. Uh, and Saddam Hussein was installed by the United States to to help fight Iran. Oh, that didn't go well <laughs> for him. Um, <laughs> it, it, so it's one of those things where it's like, uh, as much as I love the country and rah rah, it's like, oh, we do some really. I mean, I and I don't know if you follow this. I, I'd be interested to hear if you track some of the. I mean, the JFK assassination. Has oh, yeah. all but been recently disclosed that it was basically a CIA and FBI operation to to assassinate the president of the country, and everyone's just like, eh, okay, yeah, I I'm think like, no, that's, that's not okay. <laughs> not okay, it's not okay. <laughs> it's it, that is one of them though that that is almost the original conspiracy theory, isn't it? It's been around for so long. Mm -hmm. There's been so much. Uh, dialogue around it programs on it writings on it and that and it and it i think um i guess where you were coming from where people say oh, okay but actually it's not a surprise i think that's probably it's, it's not it's not so much a surprise that one um yeah uh, <laughs> yeah i mean wow Some i, of I think i i hope that's the reason that everyone's just like yeah yeah yeah, yeah i would hope so as well it, yeah. it, it seems like a pretty big significant deal though that the you know we're t in the united states all the buzz is like election intent from both sides it's yeah the russians are interfering to help trump which wasn't true and uh i don't know what the heck the i don't know what the right's accusing the left of but enough mm -hmm. so that they took a guided tour of the capital um or an unguided tour of the capital in anger um yeah, that's a I I shouldn't even talk about that because that'll piss people off too. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, uh, I also think that had a lot to do with those uh, the FBI. But but you talk about all this election integrity and stuff, and literally our intelligence agency murdered our president. It's like I, that's a you know that's a problem. I would say we don't have much. <laughs> a, it's not a lot of election integrity if our intelligence agency can just assassinate the dude that we elect. Seems yeah. like a problem. And uh, mainly, the I mean, it looks like JFK was working to dismantle those organizations. Mm, mm, and mm. huh, funny he ended up dead. Slightly convenient, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, I, I um, well, I, I don't think I'm allowed to say, uh, I'll tell you off. <laughs> there's a, <laughs> another writer i've been talking to who's writing a book about the guy who his vice president who took over the presidency linda b johnson and and how he is was in on it um no yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> so i guess okay, i wasn't so, supposed to say that but oh, oh. that's, that's good fine well, you haven't <laughs> let anyone out the bag um <laughs> suppose um i should make the point that um my books are of their fiction, so they're not investigative journalism things. However, they right. real life conspiracy theories out there. And with the MK Ultra one, or or, if it, or at least the um, the thought process of 
assassins goes back to a Kennedy shooting, actually, where one of the ones I read was, uh, I think his name was Sir Han Sahan, who, who shot Bobby Kennedy. And uh, he, he, he swears to this day that um, he, do, he didn't know anything about it, you know, he, whether that was a psychotic episode up for debate but what he's saying is that you know he, he had no memory of it of doing it and it was like a trigger that sent him to do it and he was in almost in a zombie state if you know what i mean and then came out the zombie state after doing the deed so but that that's something you see when i get them little snippets of information i i, I like to flirt with it and then build story around it so one th one of my favorite authors is actually dan brown so totally different topics but what he taught me would, was how he could max, mix this fiction with fact, mm -hmm. um, you know, stuff around angels and demons and um, the Da Vinci Code, um, which are conspiracy theory led, really. Um, mm -hmm. but, um, you get to the end of that book and you and you and you're kind of going, well, which bit was fact, which bit was fiction, <laughs> you know? And that's kind of what I like to try and do, mash it up. So it just, it just presents something really in my books for people to then go away and think and research and come to your own conclusions. I'm not trying to, as I said before, put my mask in the sand, but there's certainly food for thought in a lot of these theories, definitely. Yeah, no, and I I, I like that because uh, it, it, again, it, it makes you think and and maybe, maybe you do extra research after you read the book if if you want to find out what's facts of fiction but you don't have to you like it's a good story that, at the end of the day i'm a storyteller you know what i mean that's what yeah. I, am. I don't know how i never put this together but i guess the i don't know if you watch the marvel movies or not but i haven't been quite up to i used to love marvel comics as a kid which um i think i'm a bit older than you jeff so uh the proper i should have kept them man because i sold them for something like oh. a pound so I don't even have car boot sales in the States. In fact, I didn't sell them. My mum did. I went I went to the toilet. I'd come back and she'd sold them all to this kid for one pound. Absolutely. Oh. The mint now, you know what I mean? DC, Marvel, all the original Spider-Man, Iron Man, all that sort of stuff. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that kid's rich. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> went in a heartbeat, man. I was like, Mom, what have you done? She said, oh, you didn't need them anyway. Oh, probably didn't 30 years ago, but I kind of could have done with them now. Yeah, just... yeah, they've had a resurgence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's but I, I the mk ultra is kind of the plot line behind like the winter soldier like they programmed him as an assassin and he doesn't he yeah. can control it i never I, put that together i don't know why but i i mean it's pretty much a the directly same thing isn't it it is yeah yeah i hadn't heard i haven't heard of that one if i'm being totally honest with you but yeah i can see exactly what you're saying and if that's a marvel character the, the something soldier what's it called uh the you, winter soldier Winter soldier i need to go and look at that that's something i'll do when i'm off the air <laughs> yeah the um uh that movie was uh it was i think his debut was captain america winter soldier that's one of the best marvel movies in 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 my book oh, okay. um, pro probably top five I just... oh, how does that escape me well, well I don't know there's a theory in itself how, how have I not seen that <laughs> well no but that's I, I I actually love to be honest um I didn't get caught up in the Marvel phenomenon until I was just I had nothing to do on a Monday night my ex-wife has the kids Mondays and Tuesdays so my my siblings were going with their spouses to go see uh uh, infinity war was the one where thanos snapped spoiler alert folks uh or or maybe to you martin <laughs> he snapped half of the universe out of existence at the end of that movie okay and i had seen like the iron man movies and that's it um so i didn't have any real reference to who most of these characters were outside of common now everyone knows who the hulk is and captain america you know those are those are common reference points uh, but but uh, it ended in such a sad way uh, that I was hooked. I'm like, oh, these movies don't always have happy endings. Shit, I need to get into this because that's why I like I, I was complaining and I, I uh, had a movie uh, guy on and I was complaining, saying I didn't I watched the first Mission Impossible. I didn't watch the rest. Mm. I don't really watch James Bond movies. I, I've I've seen 
a dozen of them, maybe a half dozen. But I, I'm like, well, you know, I'll start watching them when James Bond dies at the end of the movie. And he's like, well, I got news for you. The whatever movie he does. And I'm like, oh, I wish you just told me to watch it and not told me he died. But I wouldn't have watched it if you told me he died. <laughs> like, you know, it's it's like one of those, you know. Yeah. Uh, so so I just happened to watch the Marvel movie that struck a chord with me the most of oh these don't always have happy endings even though they they usually do but but that specific one didn't so i'm like well now i need to go back and watch all of the old ones so mm. i can kind of contextualize what i just saw but mm. yeah no that that's the movies tv shows they don't carry a lot of weight with me if it's and i don't i don't say this i'm trying to think of the best way to say it that i'm not rooting for the bad guy but yeah. if there's no stakes, right? Like if it's like we know nothing bad's gonna happen to main character, mm. eh, mm. you know, it seems like a waste of time almost to me. Yeah, um predictable ending. Yeah. Okay, yeah, what you're saying. Yeah. And and that's uh you know, uh, maybe a character flaw on my part that like, you know, I, I won't I won't watch any of the the those chains of movies except for the marvel ones of course uh but i just walked in on the right the right one to to trigger me in, into it <laughs> um but yeah that's uh i don't know i feel like television and movies are a lot less like that than novels actually yeah. in novels there are bigger stakes because you're not necessarily just setting everything up for a potential sequel you, you you can yeah. leave the book in devastation and well that's yeah. it's a standalone <laughs> yeah 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 and i've done i've done two standalones um and uh are they happy endings they're certainly i wouldn't say 100 percent happy ending at them you know things happen um because the thing is i think when you're writing a novel it's same with with films and things but what you have to pull the heartstring somewhere along the line you have to get the reader to buy into the concept of what you're trying to do and the and and the best way to do that is to talk at some emotion you know um mm -hmm. so sometimes not nice emotion um in fact a lot of the time it isn't it's about like you know reaching into someone's pit of their stomach and then like really like making them think ah type thing um so that that's 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 what i've tried to do i mean one one i had a really strange mashup i'll probably be the only person jeff you interview who wrote a book around um vampires taking over a soccer team um <laughs> <laughs> that's a concept <laughs> football in our in our country but football something different in your country so a soccer team in birmingham um and there's some uh scary moments say the least through that book um it's a standalone and you know there's um not everyone it's a vampire books and not everyone comes out of it alive or looking well do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah i would i would assume i i would assume if you're introducing vampires there's got to be some sort of death involved along the way <laughs> yeah and my vampires as well weren't the sparkly sort you know i i was brought up on um i was fascinated as a kid with like horror movies uh, you know like the hammer quite quite Cheesy and dated now, looking back, but some great actors in there. Obviously, Oliver Reed, one of my favourite, Cursed the Werewolf, Christopher Lee's, Peter Cushing's, these iconic actors. In terms of, uh, you know, um, how they're uh, presented, are quite dated now, obviously. But just, but they were so um, iconic in terms of the characters. So Frankenstein, he looked like Frankenstein, didn't he? Both kind of Dracula, he looked like Dracula. You know, they they were really iconic images of um these sort of uh supernatural beings and that just sat with me um so so vividly for, and to, right to this day really um so when i can to i always went to a vampire books it went on to see when i saw from dust till dawn tarantino movie what a brilliant movie the lost boys so obviously vampire stories have evolved over the years but um i i, I loved i loved it all um uh, but my vampires had to smell blood and go for it, you know. They weren't sparkly. Uh, they were like proper vampires. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, that's one that I feel like it, it, it's a genre that 
won't go away and i i don't mean that in a negative way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean like that that i i always ask authors since you know i i'm starting to to well doesn't really have anything to do with me but um i i generally always ask authors you know are you any of your books you're trying to turn into movies or you know tv and it's like well that one seems like there'd have to there'd be an audience for it for sure because i, I they keep making vampire stuff you know it's like zombies it's like the, the, there's an audience and it's probably yeah, a lot of the same audience it's funny i i, I reached out recently to um i have um a social media group um for my readers and I asked like of all my books what would you want to see turned into a movie not that there's any concrete plans at the minute um but it's something most novelists aspire to happen one day and the two that came out uh was really pleasing actually one was my most recent one so I've spoke about mine gorilla Judd Stone is the protagonist through all them books uh the, the series of books um and the fourth one I've wrote now I'm working on five and six but the most recent one called double fantasy so that gives you a little bit of an insight. He's a he's a John Lennon fan, Judd Stone is, as well as being very much an anti-hero. Um, going back to what I was saying earlier, he's not, you know, he's got he's got flaws and weaknesses, and he can be an aggressive, violent man. <laughs> However, um, got a heart of gold, and he's so so he's a character that people tend to like, and probably shouldn't always like, but they do. That there's something about him, or something I try and present that he's vulnerable and they go for him. But yeah, that book, Double Fantasy, um, it talks about um, the Liverpool Docks. First book I've set, yeah, first book I've really set in Liverpool. Uh, it goes to a festival um, of eighties music. Judd does, and then um, he ends up getting in trouble with gangsters in the Liverpool clubs. He flees to a place called Crank, which is a real place in the Merseyside countryside of England, up in the northwest. And uh, this place I discovered when I'm researching it has um, its own legends, this little tiny village. And um, these legends are, uh, one, that in the caverns, they've got some cranked caverns there, that, um, very dark and spooky, um, that apparently the, the legend is that three boys went in there, only one got out alive, and um, two of them was eaten by little, little sort of... Uh, cannibals that lived in these caverns um and the other one is about um a white rabbit um that uh was kicked to death um by some nasty man and uh the grandmother of the grandchild uh put a bit of a spell on him if i've got this right something along these lines anyway and um and then uh he he goes he kept seeing this rabbit appear and uh, he ends up with a nasty death. And these are proper legends, just in this really tiny village in Merseyside. And the just the name of the village is great, Crank. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that that's one of the films, one of the books that uh, my readers think would make a good film. And I'm not going to disagree with them. Um, the other one is <laughs> Club Twenty, which is the second Judd Stone book, um, which looks at the um, not so much a, th a conspiracy theory, but certainly. Um, it asks a lot of questions around why do all these pop stars like the age of 27, Jim Morrison, Janis Joplin, you know, it's, it's a well-known um, club that that, that um, is known. And um, that's something that's always fascinated me. So uh, Judge tries to prevent a 26-year-old um, pop star becoming the next victim of uh, the 27 Club. But at the same time, because he's a private investigator, he's looking into what could be causing this. And he looks at numerology and all these different things as to why on earth do all these pop stars like 27? Again, I don't necessarily give the answer, but I'll present some things in there that people might want to think, okay, that could be, that could be, that could be. It just seems too much of a coincidence to me. But, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's one I, I've heard. I'm familiar with it. And I've, I don't think in that one, I've ever heard the motivation or, you know, like the, um, like who, who's benefiting from, killing off these uh you know uh, jimmy hendrix i think was one of them right yeah he was yeah yeah jimmy hendrix, yeah, yeah. It, it's i get sometimes i get them confused because there's also um I, I i don't know if this is a thing but i've always talked about the um and i'm forgetting who the hell is in it oh it's gonna drive me insane i when i was i i'm 36 now but when i was 33 i was very nervous because john belushi 
yeah somebody else and jesus all died <laughs> not not the, not for the same reasons those oh <laughs> uh, no 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 <laughs> not the same cause of death for jesus and john belushi and yeah. uh, oh chris farley was the other one okay. um and i'm i'm not as fat as john belushi well maybe john belushi i don't know that he was i was not as fat as chris farley but i oof, i don't live a healthy lifestyle so i'm like oh god this is the year. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know. Kurt, Kurt, Kurt Cobain's another 27-year-old. Amy Winehouse. Yeah. absolutely love Amy Winehouse's music. So sad that she died. But obviously sad that anyone dies at 27. Um, are they Are they generally drug overdoses, all of them? Or? Um, that, that some are kind of potentially in tune with a certain lifestyle i guess drugs and you know um but okay if, if your body's going to give up at that time um why 20 why not 28 or 29 or 26 or 25 right you know and there's always the, the you know every 27 years to 28 years there's the thing about the, the saturn rising and it's supposed to be a period of change every 27 years so you can look into it that way um but yeah, it's it's just it's just one of them phenomenons that um that yeah yeah the first one of course was meant to be Robert Johnson um and the legend added that he literally sold his soul to the devil at a crossroads and became a, a virtuoso guitar player overnight um <laughs> and but in return the body had his, the uh the devil had his soul and at the age of twenty seven he died of poison whiskey yeah that's what killed him off um that that's kind of and then there's obviously been so many since um i mean what was really weird about janice joplin jim morrison and jimi hendrix i think they all died within three months of each other or something um all at the age 27 so, so um certainly within a short amount of time and it could be three years three months i can't remember i think it's three months um because jim morrison and jimi hendrix were 71 weren't they um but yeah there's just like just, just too many coincidences stack up to to make me feel comfortable. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's bizarre. That's why you don't get famous until you're at least twenty eight years old. Just <laughs> play it safe. <laughs> but, um, I got with uh, uh, your main character Stone. Um, when you're writing him, it, yeah, do you? trying to think of the way to frame this question the best so when i'm i i'm i have famously in quotation marks said many times i've if you look at my desktop i've got 10 half written screenplays yeah between 20 and 80 percent done at this point um but the main character or close to the main character in every one of those is i even write the script with my own name in it Right. I, I, it's not entirely based on me, but that's my frame of reference is how would I act in this scenario? Um, now, it helps that I am a naturally have an anti-hero's personality where it's like, ah, I root for the guy, but he's going to kill himself the way he lives. Uh, that kind of, you know, it's like, uh, so it's easy. I think that's an easy hack for me of being like, I can write. But when you write your your main character, is there bits of you in there do you just say now nah, i'm completely throwing this character out or it's a great question i think there's always bits of me in there with anyone all right even 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 not judd stone but um because the you write from experience anyway and you always write about what you know apart from on the flip side of that you you, you might have to do loads of research for a book which again i've done um, but there is all that old premise right about what you know. But there are so when you said how would how would I act like that in a scenario? Thinking about it now, more consciously than subconsciously, um, when I'm writing, um, after you've asked the question, I guess he acts in situations sometimes. I probably wish I did act. I probably wish I had a bit more balls about me to do what he did. Um, but I'm always feeling guilty of upsetting someone or whatever, you know. I'm quite a nice guy. <laughs> 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 uh, where where Judd is a nice guy, but he'll also won't suffer falls. And if he, um, you know, he's he, he's literally killed people throughout the books. You know, um, buried them in concrete foundations of hotels and things. Um, but in his side, because it's all about it, it the, the justifiable vengeance for things that he does. 
uh, in his mind, you know, um, he sees the balance of justice can be quite extreme, and if some, and you know, an eye for an eye and all that kind of thing, and um, so he he's quite comfortable in on one side being a really nice guy, very much a gentleman as well, um, but on the same flip side, uh, he, he won't think twice about putting a bullet in someone's head if he needs. To. <laughs> Not saying that I would do that, by the way, when I said the accent, but he'll certainly stand up to people, and he and he and he can like uh, he he can fight anyone off, uh, including. So it's a bit, although he's a real person, um, he's, he, he, I wouldn't say he's got superhuman strength, but he, he can look after himself in in, in a bar brawl or whatever, you know. Um, so great question, that one. Yeah, and uh, to answer your question, yeah, there's some things in there. I mean, he's a Beatles fan like I am, so that 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 that's an alter exterior uh, ego of myself, I guess. Um, he's a big Beatles fan, so I'll play that out through him. Um yeah, so there. I guess I hope that answers your question, Jeff. Yeah, no, that's interesting. That's um, and this you know that leads to a topic. It's very interesting. My brother's written. He's working on his third novel in a series of of high fantasy books, um, which isn't really my genre of that I like to read. So I can't say that I've read more than a few chapters of his book, but it's well written and everything. To be clear, audience. But, you know, it's elves and that kind of stuff. I'm like, eh, I'm not, uh, I'm more for real. There's a lot of people into that. There's a lot of readers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, no. It, it's just, I, for some reason, I'm I'm like, ah, it's well written, but I, I have a hard time. I, yeah. I'll be honest. When I read a book, I usually throw, again, the, the easiest thing for me to do is get to give me stakes and interest is I think of myself as usually the main character because usually the main character isn't going to be a horrible person yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like they can be flawed and i'm i'm fully flawed i'm 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 you know i'm okay with that but uh but so when when you're talking about elves and stuff like that it's hard for me to be well i'm not an elf so uh. <laughs> <laughs> But um, when I was talking with him uh, not too long ago, we had an interesting conversation because I, I, he was reading over one of my TV show ideas. And he was uh, he was like, well, how is this? I forget if it was how is it going to end or how does what's the my biggest problem is a lot of times I have a beginning and an end and then I have to work on the connective tissue. Um right. But I also said, well, I'll change the end because if I need to when I'm writing, because I'm creating in my eyes, I'm I'm investing all of my energy into the characters mm. and they make the story. I don't mm. have a story that mm. I use characters to tell. Mm. I have characters that I make have a story play out. And my mm. brother's like, that's interesting because He's like, I I put a ton into my characters, but I have a story that I want to tell and I invent characters to tell that story. And I'm like, it's that's a fascinating difference that we have. And so as an author, I guess I guess you could probably guess I'm, I'm going to ask you, do you tend to do you tend to say, OK, this is the story I want to tell. What characters do I need to create to tell this story? Or is it more like, well, let's just see how this plays out in my head with these characters in this world? It's a little bit of both. Um, it's a little bit more, and I think I'm unusual to some other authors, and there's no right or wrong way. It's whatever works for you. Like, I know authors who know the last page of their book before they've wrote it. You know, they know that destination they want to get to. I'm not like that at all. Um, so I will have a germ of an idea, like the 27 Club, for example, and then think about, okay, that's the concept. What do I need to do to make that into a full-blown novel? And um, so I do put together a bit of a framework. So I try and plot out the journey a little bit, but not too rigid um, and not too scripted, because when I then create the characters, um, I let them guide me almost. They take me to places that I didn't know I was going to go to or that the story was going to go to. And that will include, along the way, introducing new characters who I'd never thought of at page or chapter one, two or three. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, 
think I think I need to bring someone in now to do this, that, or the other. So um, it's a bit of a um, a bit of a hybrid approach for myself, I guess, really, where um, it's it's a bit of both. German idea, not a massive, certainly not a massive story in my mind of what it's going to be, but a germ of an idea and build it from there, probably through the characters and where the characters take me. I think that's how how my books unfold. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. The other thing, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up, given your your musical uh, background as well, is when I write for for whatever reason, I can sit and and, and stare at a screen for an hour and nothing will happen. But if I make a conscious effort of putting on music and it can be almost any kind of music, for some, that really gets me in a, uh, and it, it could be any character that I choose. I'm going to think about, I'm going to feel this song through this character and then I can start busting out words quickly. Yeah. Um, I don't, do, do you, I, I know you said there's a, a kind of a musical influence. Is that at all part of your process too, is listening uh, to music while you write or is that just a... Uh, I do sometimes put music on while I write, and music will inspire me, um, as will other things, though, TV, film, etc. I like to be a bit of a sponge with an open mind and just let ideas come into me from different quarters. Um, so music is definitely a thing. It's not as consolidity as you said. I like that idea, actually, of putting on a song. Um, I've got some reason why you're talking, nothing, nothing else matters, a Metallica song, which has been covered by Miley Cyrus. Um, that's a great song, and I just thought, if I put that on, I'm sure I could get a character jump out of me from there or things that a character would say. So that's a really good concept that you're giving me there. Um, so it, it, the music cuts through where, the, like, for example, I've wrote a standalone book called Things I'll Never See, which um, is set in the 90s and it's about a rock star. Um, and that is the story of a rock star who's struggling from the 80s going into the 90s where grunge is on the, on the, um, on the scene and Britpop oasis we had in... I don't think they made it because <laughs> Oasis, Blur, it's a massive thing. It was like a, a resurgence almost of the British invasion, as it was called, the Beatles. It was kind of that sort of vibe, the mod vibe. Um, so this rock star in the 80s was nothing like that. Um, so he was struggling then to find his way and he gets help from um, an unlikely source in a haunted house. So no more spoilers, I won't go there. So, um, and Judge Stone, as I've said, is a big Beatles fan and he put he puts music on to inspire him or whatever mood he's in, he wants to listen to a whiskey, I'll mention, like he'll put a certain Beatles song on. So music inspires me, I guess, that way. And I've done some discographies that are, um, they're, they're non-fiction. So most recent one, Duran Duran, where I write a little bit of a biog and then list all the um, the songs that they've re released with the artwork. Um, George Michael's another one I've done, Black Sabbath, blah, 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 blah. So that's kind of where music uh, inspires me. Um, and what I also do actually think about it is the titles of chapters. I try and think of a song, a song title that, that, that relates to that chapter. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, Light My Fire, for example, The Doors, I'm sure I've used that in the past. Um, that song title might have been something that happened in that chapter and so on and so forth come together a Beatles song I've used that I know can't remember exactly why um but yeah there's always an element in there um but probably not as directly as, as you said um but I can't get away from music you know it's just I mean Club 27 that whole thing is about music yeah. um, I can't get away from it as a topic and a subject and I don't want to to be honest um but it, it finds its way in even if I didn't want it to <laughs> <somehow>. <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh i i'm trying to, i wish i could remember which author told me this because it's one of the this i this this probably is something that will pique your interest uh he told me he was working on a musical playlist to play in the background while you read his book oh. um and he he's like it just think of a movie you know when you watch a movie you don't often notice the music that's playing in the background, but it plays such a role in how you experience the movie. Um, yeah. I always tell people, watch Inception. I don't know if you've seen that movie, but I'm like, watch Inception. That music, if you took took it out, I don't know if the movie's any good. 
Yeah, yeah. But the the musical composition that the drama that that brings throughout the movie, I'm like that is amazing. Um, yeah. So it it would make sense that reading a book, having it play, not just you know quietly, not distractingly loud, so you could actually read, <laughs> but. Um, I'm like that. That makes a hell of a lot of sense. Um, it would be a hell of a lot of work to actually go through and time out. Okay, how long are, does it take to read these chapters, and how many songs do I need to chew up? And um, but yeah, I, I I've always thought that that's maybe a maybe a next step of of books is is having it with a musical track. Um, yeah. I'm when you think about, um, and I don't know if it's already happening, um, and it's something I've aspired to do. I haven't got any books on audio books yet, um, so you know I don't know if someone, anyone, is doing incidental music um, because that's something that could happen, isn't it? As a narrator's reading the book, and then some incidental right. music to to sharpen what's happening. I could definitely see that happening if it's not happening already. Um, it should be, but I don't. I don't know if it is. Yeah. It's interesting. It, it's it's kind of a no-brainer. It's like, um, I don't know if you've got them in America now. We've got coffee bags. It's like, you have tea bags. We have coffee bags now. Do you have coffee bags? Well, no, like you like you make bag. it like a tea? Bag, yeah. Oh. Um, so it's like... How has that not made it here yet? I've only got them now. <laughs> yeah. It's I was like just when... complaining about my Keurig. There's a solution. <laughs> To stick a coffee bag on, let it brew. Um, I mean, we're big tea drinkers and coffee drinkers, I guess, in the UK. Um, but the same concept you stick your bag in the water, let it brew, and you've got your cup of tea, or, or likewise, your cup of coffee from a coffee bag. Well, how come it's took how many years to have a coffee bag? <laughs> I don't know. And now I'm like upset. I don't, I we, I, I haven't seen or heard of those. And now I'm like, especially with my, my curing issues that I told you about. Yeah, I could really use I could re use some coffee bags. I'm gonna write that down and see if I see if I can find them anywhere. Yeah, I don't know. They haven't. I wouldn't say they took off in a big way in the UK, but um, that was part of the advertising campaign around them. It was like, how come we've never thought of this before? And they're the best ideas, and they know you could have come up with that one now, Jeff. If it isn't already happening in audio books, having incidental music under the story makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, it, it yeah, it, it. it it is strange sometimes when you're like, "This someone's had to have thought of this before, right? This has <laughs> to be happening." Um, but now that that's, I mean, frankly, that's how new things get made, right? Is people people think of those things and they don't do anything with them. Somebody yeah. eventually does, and you know, yeah. that's uh, yeah. They, I I would guess if I farmed through. This will be like episode 150, I think, of the podcast. And if I farm through all of them, I've probably got several million dollar ideas in in, <laughs> in there. Um, whether or not they've already been done, you you know, yeah, it, it's you know, it's like, huh, there's some good ingenuity there. Too bad I have no follow through. I, I... <laughs> uh, your podcast listeners can enlighten us if because I've got to admit I, I I I don't read I don't listen to any audio books and for a writer I'm a bit of a lazy reader I like reading but I, I have a short attention span for reading and I don't do very fun but maybe maybe some of your podcast listeners can enlighten us if there are any audio books out there with uh, music sitting underneath the story yeah yeah please because that uh, yeah God that just seems too 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 common sense to not be a thing. But no, I don't. I don't really listen to audiobooks myself, which I should, because I've tried to get jobs reading them. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I'm like, well, I don't know how these work though, because I don't actually listen to them. Because that's <laughs> my my brother's book. Uh, I I started to do that, and I'm like, what do you do for characters? Like, do you change your voice or do you just stay? Yeah. I think generally one reader just reads the whole book. And I'm like, well, and that's another thing. It's like, well, shouldn't you get different actors to read different parts? Actually, before, yeah. Like, uh, if it's a female character, female, it's like more like a radio show then, isn't it? You know? Um, yeah, well, yeah, that's, and that's, that's what it turns into is basically a, a, a radio show version of a book instead of an audio book. So I guess there's a difference. You yeah. probably have to pay a lot more people to to get. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Martin, uh, this this has been fascinating, and uh, I can't wait to uh, to check out some of your books. Where can my listeners and myself uh, follow you, find you, and uh, and all of your work? Yeah, would love uh, to connect with anyone out there. Um, I have a website, which is www.martintracy.co.uk. I really should think about um, purchasing.com. Um, but the co.uk will work for my American friends. Um, Amazon page, Amazon UK, Amazon USA. Um, you know, I've got my Amazon page on there. So if you just search Martin Tracy or one of my books, Martin Gorilla Club 27, something, you should find me. And then the usual, the link from my name takes you to my page. So you'll find me there. I'm on Facebook, social media, um, Twitter's at Martin Tracy One. Um, I'm trying to. Well, it was Twitter. It's X now, isn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's at Martin Tracy One. I'm on Instagram, Martin of Molyneux Author. The reason, story, little story behind that is because um, I spoke about soccer earlier, another one of my passions. My team, Wolverhampton Wonders, plays at Molyneux. Uh, that's the name of the football stadium they play at. So Martin of Molyneux. I think that's the same on Instagram and TikTok, I think. Certainly another one. I should I should have had all this prepared. A lot more better for you, Jeff. But yeah, I'm on social media. You can yeah, find I'll, the links to my I'll, web page and social media. Yeah. Yeah, I'll link them all in the show notes. Uh I'll <laughs> I'll I'll get with you by email to make sure I'm tagging the right guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do I do like your yeah the sports influence into your social media handle because I'm I'm Saint J Mac on huh? on all socials, and that's you know, I don't know if you can see the Saints up there. <laughs> Um, that's, that's why, not because I consider myself a saintly person, although it is a fun, you know, it's fun when people don't know why. Yeah. Um, So the, the British teams, uh, they have nicknames. So Wolverhampton is an easy one. The Wolves were known as the Wolves. Um, but you've got like, uh, Manchester United known as the Red Devils. Southampton are the saints in, in, in England. Uh, soccer team Southampton they're the same they're known as the Saints so well I guess that's my I guess that's my favorite soccer team then (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I I knew there was one I didn't know I didn't even know what country I knew there was a soccer team that nickname was the Saints I I didn't actually ever do the research into which why why I'm guessing there's a Catholic background to that city or something if there is, I don't know about it. It's not yeah. something. I don't know. I, I, it's something else. I'm gonna have to go and research now. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, they call the same. I have no idea. Southampton. It's right on the south coast. Um, whether it's something to do with that, I don't know why. I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued now myself as to why Southampton are called the Saints. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's. Uh, I'm. I'm probably gonna look into that too now, just because I'm like, huh, let's let's <laughs> let's see. Let's see how my new favorite soccer team is. Uh, is <laughs> well, Martin, thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate it and had a great time. I've had a blast. Thanks so much for hosting me, Jeff. I've uh, really, really, I'll do it again, actually, another time. If, uh, if, after a few episodes more, um, be great to chat again. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Will do. That's it. That's all. Hope you had a ball. Thank you, Martin Tracy. Martin Tracy for joining me. My tongue is starting to lose its abilities. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. You can tell I'm a little intoxicated and I'm running on very low sleep. Today was a three show day for me, by the way. I'm recording this intro and outro the evening after I spoke to Martin. Uh, another guest that you'll hear next week. And uh, I did a show for FL Teams. So that's a three-show day. There's even a possibility I schedule a fourth one at some point. It's still early in the evening, and I'm only four pints of whiskey in. <sighs> All right. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. I might record a Drunk Jeff Eats tonight that will come out before this episode does. Um, please subscribe. I appreciate it. Yeah, easy enough. Yeah, hit the subscribe button. And if you have X, 
formerly Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Just click the damn link and hit the follow button. Don't be a dick. Come on. And do the same for Martin, by the way. He's got all those those things. He's got the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram. And buy his books, by the way. Like, I'm... I'm I'm uh, concerned, but so intrigued that I'm going to get sucked down the rabbit hole uh, of these uh, of these books because uh, I'm guessing uh, uh, George Stone is a, a like a British version of me, basically badass uh, uh, anti hero. <laughs> That's what most people think of me, right? Uh, anti hero, sure, but badass, yeah, yeah, that's me. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh, I'm looking at my notes here. I need to buy coffee bags. Please, please, uh, as, as, uh, Martin said in the podcast about the audiobooks, also let me know if coffee bags are a thing in America that I've just been missing because my Keurig is on the fritz and I don't want to buy a new one. Ugh. All right. Boom. It's over. Blah, blah, blah. Thanks for listening. It was amazing. <laughs> I I loved it. Be sure to come back for another great episode. I'm one wing away from Jeff Macalino. Of the Jeff Macalino Podcast. How much time did you spend on thinking of the name of your podcast? You went just straight, that's my name. I'll add the word podcast to it. Yup. See you next week.